Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. My next guest is uh, Steve Weimer, who's joining us from STI Enterprises, Inc., uh, also called Sales Acceleration. So that's what we're going to talk about is, is uh, uh, accelerating your sales. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about today uh, customer retention and care. So, Steve, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Great, Bill. Hey, thanks, thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate the invite and look forward to this time in the air with you. Yeah, I I really look forward to this. This is, you know, a lot of people are saying uh, I need to get more out of my customers. I need to re- make sure I'm retaining my customers. The the world has become very competitive. So before we get into the meat of the matter, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and STI Enterprises and what you do and what type of customers you work with? Sure, Bill. Um, you know, a little little bit about my uh, background. Uh, I've been involved in. Uh, executive sales management and, and marketing for over 40 years, both domestically and globally. Um, I began my career as a, as, a, as a young independent sales rep for a, for a group and then evolved into uh, uh, being a Western Regional Sales Manager uh, for that company at the age of 24. Two years later, after I became the regional manager of, of this 40-year-old uh, manufacturing company, I had risen to become the highest-grossing regional manager in the company, and, and the opportunity came up where the VP of sales uh, had left the company abruptly uh, to go to a competitor, and uh, being a brash 26-year-old at the time, I, I uh, formulated my plan, went in and talked to the CEO, and said I'd like the opportunity, even though I don't have the skill set to do it, and... Uh, uh, fortunately for both of us, he uh, had the confidence in me, and uh, and uh, we grew that company multiple times um, over the next six years, and, and became a mark, biggest market leader in our field. Um, since then, I've been been involved in numerous small to mid-sized manufacturing businesses, typically in the one to thirty-five million dollar range. Uh, one I was instrumental in taking from uh, from eight hundred thousand dollars and sagging in sales to a thirty-two million dollar booming business over about seven years, uh, which culminated in a lucrative sale for the owners and an early retirement for them. Um, nice. And then in two, yeah. Was, <laughs> Who doesn't it was, like it was, that? It was a great, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't get those too often, uh, but uh, when, when they happen and, and you can uh, be part of the driving force to uh, that growth and that success, it, uh, uh, it, it, it's re- really, uh, you know, an, an awesome, um, uh, awesome situation for all. In 2012, I was I was brought uh, actually the year before. Um, in 2011, I was I was brought into uh, a company uh, by the CEO who we had worked with, um, 
in other ventures, and uh, they were a manufacturing company. We were given the opportunity to purchase that company. Uh, so uh, several of, of uh, the management people, myself included, and our CEO and one of our engineers, um, uh, purchased that business. And our, our, our plan was to have an exit strategy or to flip the business in, in, in five to six years, which, you know, if you, if you look at the math, five to six years from 2002 was 07 and 08, and holy cow, that's not mm-hmm. the time we're going to sell a business. Um, we were just trying to survive at the time, which fortunately we did by restructuring the business, investing in new new products, um, and we grew the business to the point in 2014 we felt timing was right to uh, to shop the company for sale, and in May we, we were able to culminate in the successful tra- uh, sale of that business and transition out to explore new opportunities, and voila, here, here I am. Uh, uh, looked at what do I want to do with the rest of my uh, big boy life, and I, I decided that uh, you know I want to take my 40 years of experience in sales, executive sales, and marketing leadership, and and offer that to small to mid-sized manufacturers um, in the Inland Empire, San Diego, and Orange County markets. And well, uh, as, as that's their good fortune when they get 40 years <laughs> of experience, right? And they get they get to talk to you uh, about these issues. Um, you know, cut. Customer retention is is so important, and what I'm hearing happening with a lot of baby boomer business owners is is they're saying, you know, uh, I understood how to um, entertain my customers when we were both in our 30s and 40s, but now I'm finding that there's a changing of guard at some of the companies I'm working with. And now I'm the old guy, <laughs> and I don't know how to entertain these. I don't know what's relevant to to some of these folks. I've, I need to keep those relationships going. So, can you tell how do successful companies retain their customers these days? What what are some of the better ways to do that? Well, I think I, I think the biggest thing is you have to understand. You really have to understand, you know, who the customer is. Um, you know, I, 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 it sort of sounds cliche and simple, but customer retention requires adopting a customer-centric operating philosophy and tr- and simply treating customers as, as you would expect to be treated yourself. And, th- and there's a lot of things involved in that. You have to understand your customers inside and out. What are their needs? What are their expectations? You know, uh, are you knowledgeable about your – how knowledgeable are you about your competitors and how they operate? How do they compare to your company and, and, and your practices? So I think you sort of have to look at, you know, establishing best practices throughout your company um, for these. Um, you know, when you look at who's responsible for customer retention, it's everybody in the company. The, the lowest person on the totem pole to the CEO is responsible for that relationship and sort of simplifying it and looking at a manufacturing company. Um, Is is there a live attendant on your phone? Uh, Because I know so many people hate the automated attendance. Um, You know, a lot of companies for years hired hired, uh, receptionists and and slash administrative people uh, at sort of the lowest end of the totem pole when, when that can be some of the most important relationship contacts you ever have because that can make or break um, your your relationship with your customer by them having a bad experience with them or anybody in the company so you sort of mm-hmm. have to look at you know how how would you want to be treated and 
it, it's it, you know I sort I sort of adopted a thing with with clients I I called the Slurpee method, and it's not the cold frozen drink at a Seven Eleven store, um, <laughs> but it's simply you know the S is, is 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 this is really simplified, but it's smiling to the phone. Um, you know, the customers can tell if you've had a bad day. It's not, you know, uh, and 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 you need to have you need to be someone they like to call and talk mm-hmm. to. Um, you know, leave your personal issues at home. I, I I know that may be hard, but you know, when you're at work, you've got a job to do, and and your job is is making sure our customers have a good experience. You know, when they when they work for you, and that that's either talking to them or or the, a task they've asked you to do or information they've asked you to gather. You know, just just performing in a professional manner. Mm-hmm. You know, the you is understand the customers. Yep. Uh, so get a good understanding of them, and, and like you said, I mean, I've had, uh, I've heard of some customers that are clients that have um, changed their title of their receptionist to director of first impressions. It's an important role. It, it, it's it's the uh, it's the initial um, it's the initial uh, impression that that person is getting of your company right out of the gate. It ought to be positive, right? It it absolutely has to has to be positive and. You know, you can derail an, an unhappy customer because in business, everybody has problems. There's there's no utopia where where, you know, uh, it, it's just you know green rolling hills and and elevator music. It's, there are problems. There are problems in in business, and that can be your biggest chance to make the best impression on a customer is how you handle the problem. Yeah, it makes makes a whole heck of a lot of sense and. Um, you know, I guess uh, the the question would be, like you said, it's everybody's responsibility, but is it everybody's responsibility, or how can you empower people to say, you know, I've heard the way so and so handles customers, and it really needs some improvement? Um, how do you how do you create that kind of customer centric model, if you will? Well, I think I, I think you have to look at every employee. And you, you have to get involved in training your employees. So, uh-huh. and 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 giving them one, you need to empower them. So you need to establish, you know, things that they can do and offer customers and help customers to a point. And then after that, they have to pass it along to their manager. But, you know, you you establish here's the goals, here's the operating philosophy. Everybody has the same operating philosophy, but you have to put the training in and you have to put the expectations in that this is the expectation of the company for all of us. I don't care what position you are, but our goal is to give our customer the absolute best experience that they can possibly have because that's going to win out over, in many cases, over pricing, over all sorts of other or other aspect other aspects of your business, because people deal with people. So mm-hmm. if you give them this great experience, it's like going to a restaurant. You have a great you have meal, a great meal. You know, you tell everybody. Yeah, more than ever to be more than ever these days, right? <laughs> you know, you have the, the same thing can happen if you have a horrible meal. You know, you're not going to refer that restaurant or that company. To anybody else, so so it really it really you know you've got to sit everybody down. In some cases, it requires training sessions, and it requires everybody to have the same list 
of this is how we're going to, you know, objectives and the, this is how we're going to operate as a company, both individually and collectively, to assure our customer has the best relationship. And we keep them by committing to that. Well, so, uh, you know, we we have a lot of different types of businesses as our listeners. Let's talk about uh, one very simple area uh, for those that might be in a service business of some kind in their review. They got a bad review on Yelp. Okay. Now, I've seen two, two uh, methods of thought regarding that. One, you jump right on it and you... You you acknowledge that there's a problem, uh, and you you know you you create a a strong follow up component to that. Number two, you just kind of ignore it and let it let it go away. What's what's the proper way to handle that these days? Well, it's it, it's sort of like having a problem communication with a friend, a loved one, a spouse, or whatever. Ah. By ignoring it, it gets worse. Mm-hmm. It festers. It festers like a wound. Mm-hmm. And it can become infected. Mm-hmm. So, you know, really the best way is to attack that in a positive manner, acknowledging what they're saying, saying, we want to resolve this, understanding from your staff what happened, uh, so that you have an, uh, a more thorough understanding of the whole situation, and, and you and you can resolve it quickly by simp and uh, by simply addressing it uh, on a positive level and say, "I'm sorry if there was an issue. What can we do to fix this? I'll, I'll take care of you." And and again, now you turn somebody from a total negative to you know, "Hey, I had a problem. I voiced my opinion." They jumped on it. They took care of me. I'm happy. Yeah, and I think the point there is that it's not even necessarily for that. That customer might, might be a lost cause. They might never come back because they had a bad experience. But other customers might be, other potential customers might be reading that review to see how you handle that. Do you blame? Do you say, well, it wasn't our fault. It was your fault. And uh, I can't, you know, because I've seen both. I've seen both ways where where owners of businesses take on the accuser. And say, well, you know, that's probably the worst thing you can do, right? I mean, don't Absolutely. don't air your battles uh, publicly, which no. I think a lot of people need to understand that these days is that yes, the customer is is not always right, but they they should always be treated respectfully and and uh, in a in a positive manner. I I, I totally agree. It's sort it's sort of like dealing with an employee in your company. Uh, or an issue with a peer in your company, or in, or in, per, you know, you, you don't address it in the hall, hallway in the aisles of the business. You address it in private. You, 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 you do it with respect for the others. Sometimes it comes down to we're going to agree to disagree. But, mm-hmm. but this is what the company needs to have done. And, um, but, but never, never air, I, I sort of like never yeah. air the dirty laundry in public. Yeah, yeah. I, I was reading this, it was, it was a hotel I was thinking about staying in, and I saw how the owner kind of attacked the people that had a complaint, and I'm like, well, if that's their attitude, uh, I'll find another place. So I have another question for you, and that is that sure. it seems like all, uh, all the major companies 
have adopted this net promoter score as a methodology, a standardized methodology of determining who their promoters and detractors are. And I think that helps in the, when, when you're thinking about positioning your business for sale, it helps to be able to compare your business against, let's say, Verizon or another giant company who does the net promoter score. Um, are you seeing that as, as the, the, the standard, kind of the adopted standardized methodology? And number two is, what should someone do if they see if if they use that and they get a a low score from someone should they should they jump right on that or how should they attach that or attack that well i th- i think in the in in the in the bigger companies and in, and definitely in tech and so forth they're using you know the the net promoter score net promoter score but um a lot of companies aren't and they're and they're not knowledgeable about that but mm-hmm. you know for my recommendation for those that are utilizing that and, and yeah absolutely and if you're if you're looking at an exit strategy you know you ha- you have to have your relationships really really solid and and that that not only mean i mean like i said before that means everybody in in the company and um and 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 looking at that and then saying okay let's research the issue what is the issue what do they think what do we think what did we do um you know here's the deal sometimes you just have to fall on your sword and 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 suck it up and and say you know my bad we did that yes it wasn't right but i'm gonna i'm gonna fix it so you know you can always fix those scores and you can always you know typically Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. always fix those relationships you know, never say never, um, because it can be. Maybe it's an immediate win back that you've got the customer back on your side. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes yeah, it just and, takes time for the wound to heal. And, and I'm sorry for our listeners for, for using that terminology. I got a, a, tw- a tweet here. The net promoter score is simply that question you see all the time that says on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely are you to refer us to or, or tell, us, uh, tell someone about us in a positive manner? Or, or refer in a relative or whatever. So it's that one to ten scale, right? And so uh, what's happened is a lot of the major companies have created a a score out of that 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 they can compare against each other, and and that's so important because you could say, yeah, we get we get thank you letters from our clients, but well, yeah, but what's your net promoter score? Have do you take customer service mm-hmm. seriously? And I think that's a a big part of. Uh, when you're trying to demonstrate and, and show up well in a beauty contest and sell your business, it's important to have something like that. Steve, when you get involved with someone, what are some of the first things that you do with, with someone or the first questions that you ask? Well, some, some of the things I, I like to find out when, I, when I'm interviewing with, with a new potential client is, you know, um, you know, get to know them, get to know what their goals and objectives are in their company. Sort of do a, a, a mini deep dive uh, sales acceleration, and and I have a uh, have a, a quick ten question um, uh, survey uh, that CEOs or business owners, managers can take, and and it grades them on a scale of one to a hundred uh, hmm. against best practices of of successful companies, and gives it. And it's really a sort of a test of their sales. Um, program in their in their sales department and and, mm-hmm. and gives them a score and then gives them some recommendations of change um, once we get involved we have a much more uh, a much more deep dive uh, test and evaluation uh, procedure that we go through but you know the the, the one thing we want to know is 
you know, what are your goals for, you know, for, the, for this year? How are you tracking to your goals? And, and typically some of the responses with the small, smaller companies is I want to grow 10%. I want to grow 30%. I want to grow 20%. And I said, so what's your nav, what, do you have a nav app on your phone? Um, and the, and they go, mm-hmm. well, what does that have to do with this? And I say, well, you know, from, if, if you're going to get to point A from point B, you don't know how to get there. Um, mm-hmm. You have a nav app. You can plug in the coordinates and or the address, and it takes you there. What nav app do you have for your business? Which which really comes down is 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 what your sales and, and strategic your sales strategic and tactical plan. And sometimes it's deer in the headlights. Um, mm-hmm. No, we just want to grow ten or twenty percent. So so really, you know, understanding that, and then get it, once I get involved, get you know actually writing the sales plan and the and the strategic and tactical elements of that and then implementing it and establishing KPIs to manage it and and um, you know really working with the company uh intimately and in depth but on a part-time basis so so mm-hmm. you know uh, sales acceleration is a network of over almost 100 advisors nationally I'm one locally uh in southern california um and there's 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 several of us in southern california uh, but we we work on an outsourced basis. So my typical engagement is, you know, one day maybe you know one day a week. Maybe it's eight to twelve hours total with, you know, uh, right. direct meetings me. and out and, and office work. So. Well, you're the only one I know of with 40 years experience, Steve. So I, <laughs> and and it's 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 certainly shown through today. Unfortunately, we're we're out of time for today. But I do want to leave our, our listeners with a good way to get in touch with you. What's the best way for them to contact you? Probably the best way is uh, my email address, which is s weimer s w e i m as in Mary a r at sales acceleration, and that's sales with an X and then Celeration, C-E-L-E-R-A-T-I-O-N, or uh, my phone number at 909-519-1315, or they can connect with me through LinkedIn. Terrific. Uh, great information, Steve. I really appreciate you coming on, and I, I'm I'm sorry we just scratched the surface today, so I, I look forward <laughs> to us having another conversation and getting deeper great. into it. We've been talking about customer retention and care with Steve Weimer of STI Enterprises. And, Steve, thanks so much for coming on. I look forward to the next time. Bill, pleasure. Thanks so much for inviting me. You take care. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 